Hi, my name is Kirk Hamilton, your host of the Staying Healthy Today Show. This is a show where we bring you key experts in the fields of nutrition, prevention, integrative, and lifestyle medicine. Today is my great pleasure to be with Dr. Hani Saeed. He's a podiatric physician outside Denver, Colorado in Littleton, Colorado. And today's topic is going to be on the effective use of shockwave therapy for acute and chronic pain syndromes. So a little bit about why am I doing this? Well, about a year ago, year and a half ago, I became interested in shockwave therapy uh, as a potential treatment for erectile dysfunction. The concept is that it increases uh, sort of building new blood vessels. But really, if you go into the data, a lot, most of the data is about pain syndromes and the itises of the world. So in trying to educate myself and learn about those other approaches. I was lucky enough to hear a webinar by Dr. Saeed. And you know, when there's someone who's really has a lot of clinical expertise, you can read and watch videos all you want, but it's great to go out and see the person in action. So I went out to his office and I'm actually here right now after a day of seeing patients uh, in the morning with him or just observing. And I can tell you that I saw people walk out consistently all day long, being so internally grateful for what I was surprised was more immediate relief in sometimes acute situations. So anyway, without further ado, this is Dr. Saeed. So I'll let Dr. Saeed introduce yourself and, and welcome Dr. Saeed and thank you to coming on the show today. Oh, thank you so much, Kirk. Uh, my pleasure. My name is uh, Hani uh, Saeed. I've been in practice in Colorado now for little over 17 years after finishing my three years of foot and ankle surgery. I was a medical doctor before, had all my boards in the U.S. Uh, then I ended up doing podiatry. Went to school in San Francisco, uh, stayed in the East Bay, uh, came to Colorado to do my three years of foot and ankle surgery. I have been uh, blessed uh, to be in Colorado and working with lots of people that appreciate what I do and I appreciate, uh, you know, just working on them and allowing me to be part of their lives, to get them back to all of our activities and all the sports and all uh, help with their injuries and whatnot. So how did you how did you bump into shockwave therapy and how did that get started? You know, you always as a as a doctor and as a provider, uh, you really want to be doing your very best to always consistently try to improve. I'm a firm believer of learning. Uh, I don't believe anybody can come to a point and say, like, "I am it. I accomplished. I cannot improve anymore." I do believe if a person gets to that stage, he should be retiring. That's just my opinion. But we're always learning. We're always trying to see what we can do to help each other as human beings and making a difference in somebody's life. I'm always about whatever is healthy. Anytime we can stay away from unnecessary drugs, unnecessary surgeries. Uh, why not? I treat high level of athletes, including professional athletes. And we used to do a lot of stuff with you can injections, cortisone injections can do so much for you. Traditional treatment, physical therapy, massages, acupuncture, uh, all these are great uh, venues, uh, but sometimes you're stuck. You, you cannot do it. Or I've seen patients on their eighth opinion. Uh, nobody's going to be listening to me, giving them more orthotics, especially when they came with two bags of orthotics. Uh, they're not going to listen to me, send them to a physical therapist after they've done already a couple of years of PT. And that's why you know, uh, you want to be open-minded. Number one, you really want to understand what the needs of the person you're dealing with and you want to listen to them. A big part of the problem is, uh, as doctors, a lot of the times we're busy and 
we're one side track and we're just that's it. If it's a heel pain, it's always plantar fasciitis. Uh, if it's a ball of the foot pain, it can be neuroma. And I see a lot of situations that we miss a lot of that. That's why when I start working, I can do so much. I, I don't want to take the patient to surgery if I feel like we're able to help them non-surgically, non-invasively. And we used to have insurance at certain point in the past, about 17, 15 years ago, they used to cover shockwave and that helped, but then they decided not to cover it. Then we're obligated to take patients to surgery. But how did you get introduced to shockwave? We used to use the older technology with it as a kind of a, it's a good venture, you know, kind of to help with the patients. And, and then it was working. That's when insurance stopped it. Then I start looking at different strategies with the shockwave. It was very expensive, of course, uh, but you take a risk as a doctor. Uh, you want to help your patients. And, you know, I, I feel like if I do not need to do surgery, what's unethically to do that? That's when I got involved into shockwave. So was sh shockwave has been around for how long then? Uh, for many years, I would say, probably when I finished my residency 17 years ago, it was probably available for at least different technologies, if you will. You know, right. uh, it was available for at least probably eight more years, even prior to that. But that was originally <clears throat> for for things like kidney stones. That, yeah. was, that was high frequency shock. Yeah, there was the other one was still high frequency, but you had to numb up the ankle to be able to work on the foot. <clears throat> and I would say maybe five years, maybe three years prior to that, five years prior to that, because I remember in my residency, we used to use them, uh, Ocetron, bigger technologies, uh, but you had to numb them up or put them in surgery, uh, do anesthesia to get them numbed up because you could not control the amount of energy that you're exposing the part you're treating okay. to. That's why the difference is what we do now, Kirk and I, uh, we're doing technologies that you can maneuver the energy, whatever which way, to get the patient to tolerate it, you're not losing the biofeedback, which is so crucial that the patient, if you feel that spot, it's like, okay, I know that uh, an important area, and that's why it got me involved into it. Okay, so obviously, the, it, it, does that lead us to, to the company that we're, you're using now? Sure. The store's medical device through? Curamedics. Curamedics, correct? Uh -huh. Yeah. Um, and so, those machines are, well, the ones we're using are low-frequency shockwave devices. Uh, part of it is correct, yes. Correct. Uh, uh, I would say the ra radial unit, uh, lower frequency, again, uh, don't make that deceive you. Uh, you will know I'm doing something when I treat yeah. you with it. Mm -hmm. it's, still, it's still fairly a good amount of energy. The, uh, the focused unit, which is a newer technology, has been available probably the last five years in the U.S. now, and I have been using it... Uh, shortly after it came out, a little more expensive technology, but with it, you really can reach high level of high energy if you want to get high energy. With it, a lot of great studies have been done. This technology is evidence-based in a lot of issues. That's why they got the FDA approval and so forth. So there's two types that we're kind of talking about, radial shockwave and focus shockwave. But what is shockwave, what is a shockwave, and what, what, how does it create healing? Or how do we think yeah. it creates it? Shockwave is not a, uh, an ultrasound wave, like through an ultrasound machine. It's an ultrasonic wave. You can accept that. But I want to delineate the difference between the two. Because ultrasound wave, it, uh, it basically, it goes up and down, up and down, up and down. That's why it generates heat. And you can cause damage to tissues if you have extra thermal energy. 
Shockwave does not create heat, does not do any of that. It goes as a one spike and it oscillates. In doing that, it's more of a, an acoustic energy, if you will, that goes there and the energy propagates through the soft tissue to get to the areas and it creates, if you think about it from a layman terms, if you will, uh, it creates a, a pseudo injury that the body perceives and the body start sending growth factors to the area. It started sending a lot of good collagen to the area. The end result is the angiogenesis, neurocirculation to the area. That's why shockwave is remarkable in working on scar tissue area. Not to pulverize through it, of course you can if you're too aggressive, but it allows the healthy tissue to replace the diseased tissue. That's why if you have a, a Achilles tendon with a big lump on it, patients struggled with even after surgery, you work on it and once you penetrate the energy properly, uh, being experienced with the two technologies, uh, I see patients uh, months later, they feel like, oh, used to treat, the lump is gone because it became replaced with a healthier, more elastic tissue. Because a lot of the times, say, for instance, an Achilles tendon repair, uh, after surgery, they've done PT for months and they still cannot jump much. They're afraid it's gonna rupture. They're mm -hmm. big. There's not much flexibility to it. Well, Shockwave is remarkably successful in that. And I've had athletes, college football players, wide receivers, uh, you know, you work with them, basketball players, and they finish and they feel like, wow, I'm able to jump. It feels more flexible, more pliable, because you, you initiated signals, if you will, to replace, to bring on healthier tissue to the area. That's what Shockwave does. Yeah, I can see, I think, think of all the big basketball players who popped Absolutely, their Achilles including tendon. Kobe Bryant. Right. That made him quit. Mm -hmm. That's, that was it. But wouldn't he have access to this, don't you uh, think? You would be surprised, actually. Like, you know, not every doctor is open-minded, and you deal with a lot of politics when it gets to Correct. that stage that some people are afraid for their jobs. They keep doing what they're doing. They keep doing, and you keep doing the same exact thing, and, and they're not open-minded. You have some open-mindedness to allow the body to heal. And this is, again, proven technology, very, very successful. But that's why, unfortunately, if, they, if I get some athletes, and I've had some athletes from different venues and, you know, UFC fighters and whatnot, and you work with them and they appreciate the results because they see immediate results. They're able to train. They're able to achieve what they have not been able to achieve in months doing other technologies. That's what I appreciate about So it. let's talk about the things that you like to treat. So, and then the frequency and the relative cost for people. Sure. You sure. know, so what do you like to treat or what's... You know, you typically treat like plantar fasciitis and whatnot, ball of the foot pain that's successful with that, uh, tendonitis. But I have developed different techniques, again, in working with thousands of athletes and I see them from out of state when they fly into Colorado. I enjoy a lot of different things and different treatments and different conditions with different responses. I would say, mm -hmm. you know, like say plantar fasciitis, heel pain, if it is localized into the bottom of the heel, I would say that's a great one. It takes time and you have to be patient with it and you have to teach the patient have to, how to be patient. It's <laughs> unfortunate, you know, because uh, unfortunately we're in uh, uh, now technology. We're used to cell phones, push the button and fix it. What well, doesn't work that way when you allow your healthy body to heal. You do not become healthy overnight. It's a discipline. If you exercise, if you want to be a healthy athlete, what well, that's a lot of dietary restrictions of the stuff you like, a lot of good supplements, a lot of training, a lot of multi multiple facets, if you will. I like to treat like Achilles tendons. I've done uh, probably easy over 3,000 of them, easy. 
tibialis tendonitis, tibialis anterior tendonitis. It is missed by doctors because I see a lot of patients coming with pain, pain. Oh, yep, maybe you have a stress fracture. They come to MRI, they've been in a boot, they've been in a cast. Uh, they've done every dry needling, they've had some stem cell, but the problem with that, they are doing stem cell into areas they feel it's a joint, but it is not related to the joint. It's related to the tendon and the deeper part of the arch. That's why some of these patients that I've seen, they've already been through surgery to fuse a joint that, I know he had arthritis, mm -hmm. but maybe that was not really the cause of it because after you fuse the joint, well, guess what? They still have the same problem. <laughs> then I work with them, they feel like, I, I wish I'd have known about that, you know? already missed uh, on a lot of training and whatnot. Uh, tendonitis is a good option. Ball of the foot is very valuable. And again, that takes a little longer time because we're used to certain things. Acute injuries, I enjoy treating that. A lot of How ankle sprains. Just a plain old ankle sprain. A huge difference, huge. Like if I treat an ankle sprain, I know they do not have any issues that I'm worried about, any fractures. Uh, if people tell me, what if you have a ligament injury? And you know, that's not a problem. So, but the, the thought would be, you, you've said, and I've heard others say, that, that the shock wave makes the body thinks like it's injured. So you've already got an injury and you're putting that's a, little, a in, little, little injury on top of a big injury. I know exactly where you're coming from. No, it's different. I, I get it. It's different. The I see how you answer it. I, I would say exactly, I'm ready for it. I would say truthfully, the biggest issue when I, when I started doing that, uh, I have these skiers and injuries and... Uh, uh, soccer players with all these injuries. It's like, man, I don't want to put them in a the boot forever. You know, because you put them in a the boot, they end up with a lot of stiffness. Now you worry about blood clots because you immobilize them. Now you're worried about, you know, all of these other issues. Uh, or you can get an MRI. Do I routinely, like, say, uh, get an MRI on a patient? No, not really. Unless it is changing my treatment plan or I'm suspecting an injury. Otherwise, it's waste of my patient's resources. And, uh, you know, what am I going to do differently? If I'm going to put him in a boot, put him in a boot. But what I've been doing, I give the patient the option of the shockwave. And my opinion with that, and I've done uh, hundreds and hundreds of acute ankle injuries, uh, I would say my opinion with that, I'm trying to bypass the stage of scar formation. I'm sending a better signal. The body's injured. The body's trying to do But we know when people are injured, they start loading up on the ibuprofen and the icing and give me the stuff, give me more ibuprofen and something for more Vicodin. What I'm doing, I'm trying to tackle down the injured areas, if you will, with this proper signal that the body perceives and sends much better products to the area to create a healthier tissue, if you will. That's why when I treat patients with acute injuries, I would say if it is mild, moderate injury, literally after two weeks, I basically put them back on a treadmill. And those patients are appreciative, especially my high level, like football players. It's right. like, so in, a, yeah. in acute injury patients, you treat them every day? Or tell uh, me the frequency of how you treat all, so acute versus chronic. It all depends, uh, truthfully, on the patient. You know, like say if it's an athlete, a high level athlete, I can treat them every other day, every third day. Uh, if they feel like, oh, I'm there I'm, once a week is reasonable. If you feel like I'm not rushing, that's fine too, you know. Uh, frequency is not an issue, but you know, if you do them every other day, you're going to be irritating the tissues a little too often. They still do very well because, again, you're sending signals. But again, uh, and Kirk, of course, can speak a lot better than I do about all the metabolic facets and a lot of the supplementary things. But uh, but that's how I treat. So a patient comes in, how long is the treatment? It all depends on what I do. I normally, and uh, Kirk saw me doing that today, I do the treatment myself. 
I would say it depends on the area. Like I'm not, when I treat an ankle, I'm just not treating the ankle only. I'm treating every muscle and tendon that is impacted by the injury. Because a lot of the times we focus as doctors, even if you have a shockwave machine, you focus on the injured uh, anterior telefibular ligament, uh, calcaneofibular ligament. Well, sure I would, but I'm looking at the deltoid ligament that is hiding and nobody talks about it, but it's part of the injury. I'm looking at the perineal tendons, which is, but I'm looking also at the muscle bellies. I would say it can be between 10 to 12 minutes. Uh, all depends on how bad the injury is. I might need to move it up higher into the leg to loosen up. Because again, if the muscles are super tight and spasming up top, but the ankle is not going to move it doesn't matter what you're going to do to it but when i release the ankle and the ankle start moving the muscles will let go but when i treat the muscle in addition when i'm treating the ankle patients stand up uh they can tell well, immediately that, that's what i noticed today that every area you treated you treated the source of the, the problem local, the primary the, the, area the local hot and the secondary right you the absolutely area yeah so Achilles tendon um, neuromas, uh, uh, heel pain, uh, a lot of calf injuries, calf tears, yeah, calf tears. Yeah, a lot of uh, hamstring injuries. You know, mm -hmm. a lot of the times that's a spark, especially my cyclists. You know, that's a bad injury. You know, and it's crippling because I've had patients that used every foam roller under the sun. They get the big roller, the small roller. They have the masseuse dig their elbow into their legs. But again, it's all understanding. Truthfully, uh, Kirk, in my experience, and you've seen that today. Uh, the number one thing, like if you want to be successful in treating as a provider, uh, you number one want to know the pathology, exactly what's going on. And don't be close-minded into the area with, oh, my ankle. Then you work out that stuff, ow, I didn't know that that was part of it. Then you need to know what the technology is about. What is it going to do? A machine, I always remind my patients when they ask me sometimes, uh, Dr. Said, do you have somebody up north because I live like all the way uh, you know, near Fort Collins? And I said, well, you can look up people, they can have a machine, but just remember, it is just a machine. It's a laptop-like. Uh, I can, you can write software, you can do amazing stuff. And for me, Amazon and Google, what's the same laptop, it's just different operator. And that's exactly what this technology, truthfully, what makes you more experienced, like you can be efficient and somewhat proficient, but you can be the it person to go to. Well, this is a lot more understanding, a lot more communication with the patients. Uh, this is a different technology. Patients are used to fast stuff. Even when I see them after many physicians they've seen and a couple of years of PT, they will tell me I'll be patient, but I don't blame them. They are not patient. They are tired of it. And that's my option is to educate them. And that's a huge component. So you said two things that are, seem counter statements, and that is the healing takes time, and yet I saw patients today with you, or you, where you treated sure, yeah. them, and we've probably seen that on 10 or 12 today, where immediately yeah. they said they were better, and they were thanking you as you went up Absolutely. the door. And I'm not saying this because I'm sitting in front of them. I mean, I saw it today. Yeah, yeah. For and, and, a bride, right? So you're doing, there's two things happening at once. While it takes time to heal, yeah. these you people feel results. better right away. Yes, that's correct. About 80 or 90% of them. But here's the thing, Kirk. What I mean by that, I'm looking at the end result, okay? I know how the technology work works because I've done thousands of athletes and patients. Literally, you know that. You saw it for just today. But I tell my patients, I give them a quote, and I like that. You can use it for me, you know, if you would like it, you know? I tell them, you know, if you get better while I'm doing the treatment, I don't get too excited. If it goes down, I do not get too disappointed.
because I know how that works. I know when you get better, you're going to be happy until a couple of days, oh, it's about the same. You know, that's why DC results, but patients, and, and Kirk noticed that because I've had patients, I treated them like 20, 30 different times. They know what to expect. The newer patients do not know what to expect. They're excited to see results. They are appreciative. And I keep emphasizing the positive attitude. But those patients, I know they will go home a few days from now. They feel like, okay. I don't know why I'm back again like what it was. And I remind those patients, I am not using a Band-Aid approach. I am allowing the tissues to heal. And tissues will take time. You will improve throughout the treatment, Kirk, like mm -hmm. you saw. But don't be frustrated if you get those days when you have like you did not drink enough water, you wore terrible shoes. Uh, in Colorado, we have violent pressure changes here. You get 75 beautiful, gorgeous day, and the next day a blizzard with 15 degrees, you know? big changes to pressure. I noticed that with the, my shockwave patients, they will get more pain with it. Just like similar to arthritis, when patients you go, I can predict the weather, they get that. And I always warn my patients, you probably may notice that correct in mm -hmm. California, if somebody's seen you for a higher altitude, coming down to see you, sea level, you will notice. And I always remind them of the physics components of things because that's very crucial. There. That's okay. why I comment that. So what are people leave here and Four to five treatments, weekly treatments is kind of a gross sure. standard. Yeah. Okay. Some obviously come back for more treatments. What do you tell them when they, they leave that they should do? So, for example, I heard today, don't ice. Easy on the ibuprofen. Or maybe no, no, no ibuprofen. No ibuprofen. So, tell, I, tell, tell me the yeses and noes yeah. to do after well, Here's what I would treatment. do. What I would do, like, I understand because there are a lot of people uh, that I see sometimes they have rheumatoid arthritis. Well, that's a challenge. Uh, you live on some stuff that I feel like, well, I have to take something. Mm -hmm. Well, either as a provider, I won't treat them or I'll treat them with a compromise, okay? And I would rather choose to treat with a little bit of compromise because I know even with the anti-inflammatories, which is not, I tell my patients, not going to affect you in a negative way to hurt you, but we're not going to get the best out of the treatment. But truthfully, in my own experience, I've done patients with, uh, RA, rheumatoid arthritis, and down Humira, there's some on prednisone and methotrexate, and uh, I, uh, they live in Celebrex. I try to minimize the amount of ibuprofen as much as possible. Like mm -hmm. I said, you know, if you take like 800 milligrams three times a day, maybe take 800 milligrams. If every other day, it will be fine, you know? Mm -hmm. And at least they feel like, okay, I can put up with that. And you'd be surprised when I finish my treatment series, those patients say, you know what doctor said? I am so glad I did what I did actually because I noticed I was taking way too much ibuprofen. And mm -hmm. now actually I'm feeling I'm doing better. You know, okay. their blood pressure gets better, all of that. Icing, we're not supposed to ice, but I'm getting, I'm lenient with that stuff, especially when you deal with uh, high level athletes and big serious runners. And I tell them, you know, you can ice maximum five, 10 minutes a day okay. for an area. You can go around it, decrease the intense activities. Like I tell my runners, if they run 10, 15 miles a day, I tell them maybe run four or five. You know, then they feel like, and that is truthfully what I enjoy about this because I can allow my athletes to resume some of their serious activities without, like if a, if a cortisone injection, well, uh, there is no way you're gonna be running like that when you have a plantar fascia injection because you will tear the plantar fascia then that's much more damaging. But when you do a treatment like that and some of the athletes cannot get an injection because they're gonna get tested or 
you know, all of these issues. But these are generally kind of the, the simple things that I tell them. You know, I, I don't like to give too many restrictions and it, it makes it very difficult for people to comply with me. If I give them just three points, that's what I do. They do great. So you, if you give them 20 points, well, good luck with and that. And you really encourage water consumption Absolutely. after the treatment hydration, of the toxins or Hydration whatever. is very crucial. In my experience, when people become dehydrated, that's when they end up running into some trouble with more pain, more achiness, uh, you know, uh, headaches. Mm -hmm. uh, they can get flu-like symptoms, just like a massage. But with this treatment, you're definitely moving a lot of those lymphatics. So there's two uh, conditions that I'd just like to chat a little bit about, and that is, one, you see a fair amount of neuropathy yeah. in the feet, and that's a real difficult one for you know so many people. You treat that more as a chronic condition, meaning you know you don't just do four treatments and then they're better, or it all. I, mean, I know it depends sure, on their yeah. metabolic status. I get that. No, right. it all depends on the patient. Truthfully, like I would do four or five treatments. Uh, what I like about Shockwave, what I don't like about Shockwave, uh, when I do uh, neuropathy. Um, a lot of the doctors will focus only on just the nerves, but they don't realize that those nerves supply muscles and they integrate into uh, joints to allow the proprioception in the balance. When I treat them, I'm treating all the muscles, the ligaments, all of that. Shockwave works incredibly successful when it comes to a lot of the musculature, a lot of the tendons, a lot of the, even the nervy stuff, if you knew how to use it. Uh, it's still a struggle sometimes with some of the numbness. Like some patients like, oh, I'm still feeling numbness. Well, it's not as bad, but it's better. Uh, maybe a little bit burning sensation. I would say the numbness will take the longest time to get better. Have I ever seen a patient all the numbness completely resolved? No. Have I seen it improving? Absolutely. But when they start working in all the muscles and the tendons, because they feel like their legs are leaded. And you hear this from your mm -hmm. patients, Kirk. They feel like, man, I'm so stiff. All my joints are tight. I, I, you know, I feel like I'm carrying so much weight in my leg muscles. When you work with as them, I, as I was watching you today treat the the neuropathy patients, I was thinking, okay, that nerve goes there, and this nerve goes there, and that's that you where can it's, see exactly what, yeah. But you were working on the muscles at the yes, same time, absolutely, and that expanded my my thinking. Yeah. And, and obviously what I'll do when I see people. Yeah. How about let's say you're a diabetic and they got a non-healing wound down there, hanging uh -huh. around the ankle. Yeah. Wound healing. Yeah. It actually can make, again, uh, is this uh, typically considered like uh, FDA approved? No, that's anecdotal. But because if we look deep into the shockwave therapy and the waves, they have encouraged a lot of healing. They have an antibacterial, actually, uh, character to them. Okay? Mm -hmm. It's been studied for that. Okay? And when you do that, you think of it that way. What makes a wound not heal? Does it work or not? What makes a wound does not heal chronicity to it. A lot of fibrous tissue into the wound base. Uh, infections, of course, if you have that. Circulation, if you have bad circulation, not a good thing. Uh, if you have, like, say, you know, venous insufficiency, you need compression. Well, that has to be dealt with. Mm -hmm. If there's infection in the bone deep, well, that doesn't matter what you're going to do. You have to deal with the infection in the bone. If, God forbid, this is a very chronic wound, not healing, uh, there may be some cancerous character to it that you need to biopsy and to figure it out before doing mm -hmm. anything. But typically for a wound that is, you know, is fairly benign, uh, it's trying to improve but not, Shockwave, definitely, you can move around over the base of the wound, and you can work around the perimeter of the wound. 
because I want to bring all the circulation to the area, but there's so much scar tissue holding that whole base from receiving healthier so yeah it can bleed when you do it but it's not getting much of the white cells to come to fight mm -hmm. and the collagen to come that's why you treat the wound base and you can work around it when uh, you say wound base where the where, what's in, called in, the ulcer itself in the ulcer yeah so you can treat that and then around it you got it and if i saw i didn't see you treat it today yeah. but if you did you'd also go up and down the leg like you did absolutely to, I, I want to improve everything because if you loosen the muscles then yes there's more blood absolutely blood. okay yeah, absolutely that makes that makes perfect sense to me well I, I don't want to take any more of your time it's been a no Saturday worries. and and you know he's he, this <laughs> this gentleman works yeah. <laughs> we but, started but uh, say, Kirk and I about six six o'clock Denver time right and I, but I must say that the 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 positivity of uh, not only his patients but dr. Saeed the way he keeps coaching people through I, I forgot one thing so people say well does it hurt well, yes and no, but I'll let Dr. Saeed answer that question. <laughs> well, when, when patients sometimes uh, ask me like that, like ladies are telling Kirk earlier, ladies would say, that, does that feel like an ultrasound? It's like, oh, no, you are not doing something with it. But when they say, does it hurt? And before I start the tumor, it's like, well, uh, unfortunately, you asked me the wrong question now, you know? Of course, I joke with them. But I tell them, it does when I go over injured areas. That's biofeedback. Your brain is telling me that is where the injury is located. And I get patients that feel like it's this side of the ankle, then I work on the outside. Then I work on the inside, like, ow, you know what? That actually hurts. But again, it's all about educating the patient and what to expect and the gentleness of the treatment. And because it's an aggressive treatment, if you don't know what you're doing. I get doctors, they mark the spot and they get the staff to zap that thing and the staff is like goes to town. It's like, oh, that's a disaster. Mm -hmm. Because they don't know what right. you're doing. So as I watched you today, it's almost like he's, he's, it's got, he's got a biofeedback device, but he's feeling that's, the skin at the same time. That's correct. Um, yeah. and, and how would the waves bounce back? To hit me, Correct. and I can also hear the sound changes. Right, so he, he pauses on those ouch areas, but he stays on it not too long. Yeah, not to, enough to numb it up a little bit, right. and, and just go moves. back, and right. come back to numb it up, and then I start moving the energy up gradually at it. And again, if I feel like, well, they cannot tolerate it, that's okay, I'm, I'm not But there rushed. is a numbing sensation to this there's treatment. No, yeah. There's no question. There's no question, absolutely. And that's why patients can feel sometimes, if it's an injured area, I feel like it feels a little bit better, but when you treat them properly, they feel like this area is better, but everything else is feeling better. Mm -hmm. You know, but it has some analgesic effect. Right. That's why you start slowly. Well, and typically, like uh, Kirk's heard me saying, uh, talking to patients today, uh, the first treatment is the tricky one. Number one, the patient does not know what to expect. And you have to appreciate that as a provider. Number two, there's a damaged tissue that you're treating where the body's not going to like that because you're sending a signal forcing the body to like it. Well, the body's not going to like it. That's why I coach the patient through it. And while I'm working, I say, I promise next time when we do it, it should feel better. I would say probably 95% when I do the second treatment, a lot easier. Some patients, they're still going to complain. It doesn't matter what I'm going to do. But again, I, get, I work with them slowly. But then afterwards, I feel like, oh, no, no, that was a lot easier than the first time. That's mm -hmm. for sure. That's why you're easing up the anxiety. Then when they come back, they're not frightened. Uh, they're not like, oh, man, I was in so much pain. Well, again, if the, and I've had patients really... I treated them after having shockwave done by somebody else in town. They ended up getting machines after 
heard about me doing and treating all this. Like, oh, I can be the same. Well, again, it's just a machine. Or they got a knockoff machine made by a different company that is $5,000 cheap or whatever, which is fine, you know. Good for you. If it works, I'm fine with it, you know. But then when I treat those patients, they feel like, oh, no, they did not treat me like that at all. Right. Totally different. All what you're doing is absolutely different. And then they feel like, now they see results. They feel like, now I know why people talk about you online because they see results. They, it is different. Understanding, number one, pathology. Understanding the patient condition very well. Understanding the technology and how to utilize the technology and communication. It's so critical that patients, these patients are not objects. The, the patients, they, they're, they're human beings. They, they have feelings. They have uh, expectations, even if they are realistic expectations, they are they're expecting something. And again, they forget, and that's why I always, like you heard me today, Kirk, I always emphasizing what I said a couple times for the last couple of treatments. Again, because they will forget that. They will forget it. I'm telling you, we're human beings. We're negative, you know. And I will like I like the positive. Well, if, if you're if you're listening at all to this, uh, you can understand that Dr. Said has no energy. He has no enthusiasm <laughs> and he has no passion and about None what he that, does yeah? and, and he loves what he does. So with that regard, he's got to he's got to get out of here because it's a Saturday and he's been here. Well, we've been here for a long time and he needs to get going. Right, he should get going. Uh, so uh, tell us about the Red Rocks Foot uh, and Ankle Center. Yeah, and this is in Littleton, Colorado. It's a suburb of Denver. It's uh, basically uh, we're 12 miles away from Denver. It's n no big deal, you know. Mm -hmm. I do lots of foot and ankle injuries, and I do surgeries too. Of course, I'm certified foot and ankle surgeon, you know, but again, I'm very conservative in treating my patients. And if I tell them you need surgery, I promise they need surgery, and I will do my very best. I treat them like my family, you know, but again, I'm more open-minded to a lot of my patients. I just, uh, a couple of days ago, I had a patient that had complicated ankle surgery, PT, COVID in between, not doing well, terribly stiff ankle, Went to see another orthopedic doctor, nothing to be done. They already did, Medicare says that's it, no more PT. And she came to see me and he's kind enough uh, to send the patient to me, I greatly appreciate him. And uh, I talked to the patient, I finished the first treatment, she was almost in tears because her ankle is the best, has moved in over two years. She was so appreciative, so the doctor said, whatever you tell me, I, I, I don't care. How many times I'm going to do it? Again, it's it, this is truthfully what brings me to work on Saturday. And Kirk was asking me, do you work on Saturday because you have to work on Saturday? It's like, no, I love to do what I do. Maybe to stay away from my daughters, but uh, that's, a, that's another story. No, not really. We love them most of the time, you know. <laughs> But no, truthfully, it's I love what I do. I see patients from out of state. I see them. They drive from like Durango or Alamosa. They're driving five, six hours to came to, to get here. We had two patients today. One from Florida. From, well, came from Florida, Brush, Colorado, mm -hmm. and one from uh, Kansas. Right. And I appreciate them coming to see me. And uh, I, I do my very best. So the, the question is, if we you identify your clinic, the... the the Red Rock Foot and Ankle Center. <laughs> Do you need more patients? <laughs> it doesn't sound like he does. It doesn't look like he does. You know, uh, that's just truthfully. Most of the patients that I see, like they call and they're kind enough to wait for me for sometimes three, four weeks to get in or, you know, but you know, I love what I do. I, I have a, a provider with me. We're planning to open up the first center. We opened it up around COVID, but I'm moving it to be across the hall from me. That would be the first center in the U.S. Uh, in doing what we're doing. You can just Google Red yeah, Rocks. Red Rocks, put that ankle. And if you want to Google my name, uh, like my first name is spelled H-A-N-I. 
H as in uh, Henry, A as in Apple, N as in Nancy, I as in I, Said S as in Sam, A as in Apple, E as in Edward, E as in Edward, D as in David. Hani uh, Said, uh, OB Denver, Colorado. I'm blessed with kind people writing reviews, and they've been through a lot of amazing experience that the Lord blessed me with. And for just general information for sure. the patient, they go to Cure Medics about the. Um, EPAD is? Yeah, EPAD is. They can go to Curamedics, curamedics.com, mm -hmm. and uh, you have a lot of amazing information. If you want to get more sophisticated, you can connect with a lot of the studies that were done. Uh, they are very helpful. Like, even if you live in an area, they can connect you with somebody who has a machine, obviously, like we're talking about. Mm -hmm. Not everybody with a machine is good, but a lot of the doctors are trying to be good. Uh, that's why I appreciate Kirk taking his taken off from his practice and busy practice in California to be with me in Colorado here. But again, it's all because he is willing to learn uh, and I'm willing to learn from him and he's willing to learn from me. That's why truthfully having a good quality provider that number one cares about people and cares about their well-beings, regardless the financial successes or not. That's always my case. I grew up in Egypt through the difficult situations and difficult circumstances. and But I appreciate what I had been through. And uh, God is using me to be a blessing to a lot of people, their need. And, and I'm, I'm blessed to be successful. In doing so, we always get reminded not to forget that we're human beings and we should take care of each other. And, and really, I'm not saying this just because I'm an... Uh, I'm here with Kirk talking to him. He can tell with my attitude. That's my attitude with my patients. And I love my patients. I love what I do. And I will do whatever it takes to help with my patient's care. All right. Yeah. Dr. Saeed, thank you so much for being thank with me Thank you so today. much for having me. And, Appreciate uh, it. This is uh, another edition of the Staying Healthy Today show. And there'll be links below. And it'll be uh, uploaded to iTunes as well. And I'll talk to you soon.